Bruchim Aboyim B'Shem Hashem B'Rachnuchim Mevez Hashem Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night share, we mean weekly Yilnishmas Achmiyakim Yitzvi Hirsh and B'Shev Achana Rashalom Bas Rebavrom Sheyichya Wow A week's gone by already Pasha's Bullock. But more than Pasha's Bullock, it's Yud Bey's Tamas. Yud Bey's Yud Gimel Tamas. A bigger Yamtav than Yud Bey's Yud Gimel Tamas, we do not have. As the Rebbe expressed it in the letter, anyone that goes under the reference of the name of a Jew should celebrate and needs to celebrate. This Yamtif. This was a Gula that happened for the entire Kal Yisrael. And therefore, we need to say the Chaim tonight. We need to celebrate. And of course, last man the Palga, we need to talk about the story of the arrest and the befraying of the Friya Deke Rebbe, Rebbe Rayatz. Because this is something that's Negea to our full lives. Let us begin our focus on actually Parshas Bolok. Because after all, if the Torah sees it fit to name an entire parsha after a person like Bullock it must be something it must be something special and it must be something we need to derive from this parsha more than just the story of the talking donkey story in its own right something that needs to be more than just explained and more than just gone into delved into the story of the donkey is just amazing Bill was a shall we say a low life to say the least and his donkey was a donkey but nonetheless it was the donkey that taught him a lesson it was the donkey that showed him how great God is from the donkey he needed to learn how to behave the Pasha begins how the messengers are sent by Bullock to Bilam, saying, you're the prophet of the non-Jews, of the Goyim, come curse the Jews, come curse the Jewish nation. And Bilam has to wait till at night, because God did not appear to these prophets by day, 
only to the Jewish prophets. And God says to him, in a very interesting fashion, God says to him, who are these people? God asks him. Now Bilam, Albaiti was an intelligent man, and had to have something going for him after all. He was the prophet of the non-Jews, and had tremendous, tremendous prophecies. But Bilam, instead of turning and saying, God, you're playing with me. You know very well who these people are. You know everything. There's nothing hidden from you. After all, Bilam, fool what you are. Where do you get your prophecy from? It comes from the opposite of Kedusha, yes. It comes from the impure sources, correct. But bottom line, it's a source. And the source can only come from something spiritual, and the spiritual can only be from God. And therefore you know very, very well who God is. You know very well how God controls everything that happens. And you know very, very well that there's nothing hidden from God. So when God makes a fool out of you and says to you, who are these people? Don't turn around and say, oh, you don't know, right? I forgot, I'm greater than you are, God. And (laughs) and (laughs) these are from Bullock. If he had an iota of seichel, an iota of humbleness, he says, God knows everything. God, you're aware of everything. You know very well who these people are. God, what should I do with these people? How do I handle them? How do I deal with them? If that's granted, a big if, he had a drop of Seichel. That would be his reaction, that would be his answer to God. Instead of, you don't know who they are, God, let me tell you who they are. And start explaining who these people are that were sent and what they were here for. Tippish. Tippish. Get real. Get in touch. Get in get sync with the system. Why would you say such a thing? We're going to see a very, very interesting reaction. Or action with a reaction. Better put of exactly Bilaam's. The expression is Ahava Mikalkelas Es Hashura. Love distorts the Train, the train of thought, the way one thinks, 
This is an expression, a quote from Rabbi Shimon Bayechai. That Ava is Mikal Keles es Hashura. On the other hand, that same, very same quote, Rabbi Shimon Bayechai finishes. Vesino Mikal Keles Esashura. And hatred does as well. So the question, not the question, I'm sorry. What's going to take place now in this week's parsha, of course, is going to see exactly how this falls into place. How How this actually affects, and what is the ref- what is the reaction for it? Let us first go to the beginning of this whole issue here, the crux of the issue. Why did Bullock go through the trouble of hiring Bilam? The pasuk tells us, "Vayabolok ben Tzipor eis kolashet also Yisrael va'amedi." Vayogor Mayev. Mayev was frightened. Rashi says, Omar, Eilushtei Melachim, Shayinu Betuchim Aleim, Leyamdu Bifneim, two kings that was guaranteed, we were sure, positive, they would not be able to stand up, the Jews would not be able to stand up against them. Us, how much more so? Therefore, was frightened. Interesting. Interesting here. In Chukas, Rashi says that Yisrael, Hikifu Eretz Mayav, the Jews went around, they circumvented the land of Mayav. Why? They didn't give him permission to go through the land. According to this, we don't understand the whole thing. What was Balak scared of? He saw already the Jews are not cut out for war. So what did the Pesach say, Vayar Balak? Rashi doesn't explain what happened to Moev actually. Eilu these two kings. Shirebetuchim aleim leyamdu b'fneim, that we guarantee they're not they're able to stand up in front of them. Anu alachas kam v'kama, lefiche leyagam Moev. Now we understand the simple explanation here. Balak thought, the reason the Jews did not go to war was because they were frightened. It had nothing to do with the Pasuk that says, Al-Totzer Esmeyav, 
you can't chat with Mayav, you can't start up with Mayav. Nah. Nothing to do with the fact that it was a commandment that they were not allowed to do it. They were frightened to go to war. They had two kings, two great kings. And these two kings, from not from Mayav, from outside, from other nations, were allies. Such allies, eh, the Jews had no chance. So they definitely didn't go to war. But then, the Jews fought Sichar and Aik, the two big kings, and they beat the snar out of them, destroyed them, then he realized, uh-oh, the Allies are down, we're in trouble. So that's why Rashi says, Elush Melochim, and that's what Vayagamaya was scared of. Ava Mikalkelis Sashura, we said. And Sinna Mikalkelis Sashura. When a person has a true love, things get distorted. Distorted in their own minds, distorted in their own picture. They tend to lose focus. The fact of the matter is, these emotions, Ava and Sinna, love and hatred, are obviously two opposite extremes. And yet, they cause the exact same effect. Ironically, Ava, love, and Sinna, hatred, Two opposite ends of the spectrum, but yet they cause the same effect on a human mind. The mind cannot focus, the mind loses focus, the mind doesn't think straight because it's affected by one of these two, either Ava or Siddha. Now, you would think that if one is total opposite of the other, a total opposite emotion of the other, it would bring about a different reaction. But yet, we find the oddity of the human nature, how that although they are total opposites, both bring about the same reaction. They both distort the mind. Now, it doesn't distort the mind differently. It doesn't distort the mind in a different way. It distorts the mind exactly the same. That the person loses focus of how they should react or act in their daily life. And they do things I guess we would label irrational. We turn around and we see this very same 
situation in this week's parsha. Bilam, the complete opposite of Avraham Avinu. The Mishnah Pirkei Avot says. Yet we're living in the past a little bit because it's Pirkei Hey. Mishnah Yutes, this week's Perik Vav. So we're not really studying the Mishnah, it's not the idea of the Mishnah, it's the thought of what we're going to discuss. The Mishnah says, Anyone who has these three attributes is of the students of Avram Avinu. And the opposite ones, whom Talmidav he is from the students, disciples of Bilam the wicked. Tamidav shall Avraham Avinu. What are the students of Avraham Avinu? Says the Mishnah. Ayin teva a good eye, veruach nemucha, and humbled spirit, v'nefesh shvolo, and lowliness of the soul. Now, truthfully, Ruach Nemucha and Nefeshvala are not much different, but we're not going to go into exactly the differences between them. Then it says, Tamidav shall Bilom, the students of Bilom Arasha. See, it says Avram Avinu, doesn't say Avram Atzadik. Avram Avinu, Avram our father. But Bilom gets the title Bilom Arasha. The students of Bilom Arasha is Ayin Ra. A bad eye, haughtiness, and a big ego, egotistical. The message tells us, there never stood up a prophet. There is never a prophet amongst the Jewish nation like Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe, our, te- our master, our teacher. Not only was he a great man, a great teacher, but he was labeled as a prophet as well. And never was there such a prophet. But amongst the nations, come, stood up, somebody similar. Zabilim ben Be'er, this is Bilam, the son of Be'er. Telling us, Bilam was the other side of the spectrum of Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay? In the realm of prophecy, rather. But yet, the Mishnah tells us Bilam was the opposite side of the spectrum of Avram Avinu. Wake up yourselves a bit. Now, as we know,
So not Bilam was actually a counterpart of Moshe. He was not even on the same level as Moshe. He mastered prophecy for the non-Jews as Moshe. Good. But the mission, as we said, compares, when it comes to comparing the two opposites, compares Bilam Arasha to Avram Avinu. So there are four ways of explaining Torah. We've explained many times. Pshat, Remez, Drush, and Said. We're not going to explain this in the way of Remez, Hint. In Masechtas Temura, if you keep your score at home, it's Chav Chesam at Beis, 28 side 2. And also, if you really want to keep scoring up the Zara as well, Memvav Amaralif, 46, side 1. The Yimaras bring down over there three names of Aved Zara. And the humiliating catchphrases that are used for them, the base Galia, base Kadia, Excuse me, the base Gaia they called base Kadia, the Pnei Melech they called Pnei Kelev, and Ayin Kail they called Enkates. Which means to say these three Avedezaras, these three idol worshippings, base Gaia, Ayin Kail, and Pnei Kelev, hint upon the three attributes of, of Bilam Rasha. The Ayin Ra, Ruach Guvea, and Menafesh Shfarechava. Because Beis Galia is Lashen Gavea, Keva, raised up, Ruach Gavea, Enkel, which means that he wants everything, he has eye in everything, and Nefesh Shfarechava. Now she explains over there, the Zobilim said, immediately, if you give me Moli Kesev, it's all, everything, we see that he had big expectations. And Pnei Kelev, the dogs are from those, the, the three things that hate one another. Kovim, if you give me score at home, the Gemara B'Sachim, Kuf Yud Gimel Amit Beis, 113, side 2. Kovim, dogs, Azenefesh, the other Shiva. They want everything for themselves. This is the same as Ayin Ra. So we find, therefore, that the Midas of Bilam Arasha were three types of Yedizara. 
And now we understand the, the confrontation between Avram Avinu and Bilam. Because Avram Avinu's battle from childhood on was the war against Avidazara and to about to not abolish it, but to eradicate it. To eradicate any kind of idol worship in the world. It was interesting to note today that I'm sitting before the shir, I got to an evening shir, and listening to the words of the wise, on the elder chassid, in his 80s, Kanara, talking about there's no simplest or lowest of person that doesn't understand that God is running the world. Come what may, all the ongoings and discoveries and the scientific breakthroughs, etc. Bottom line, there's no other explaining it except for the fact that it's coming from God. No one there. They were nothing. <coughs> when Bilam leaves Midian to curse to go to curse the Jews, the Taylor tells us. He got up early in the morning and he saddled his donkey. Himself. And the Chazal tell us, the sages tell us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to him, Rosha, you wickedness, their father Avram already preceded you. He rose up early in the morning and saddled his own donkey. So now we say from here, the Chazal teach us, or this is exactly actually where Shimba Yechai learns this, that also Sina Mikalkelas is Ashura. That this way, a, a person of his status, of Bilam's status, has servants, servant servants. He needs his donkey, he tells them. But the fact that he, this showed his wickedness, his evilness. And this showed us how Sina Mikalkelis Ashura. From the words of the way Chazal says, Rosha, wicked one, their father Abraham already preceded you. It teaches us that Bilam thought, ultimately God said go. God said go, so he thought that perhaps by showing God His goodwill, his devotion, his dedication, and that he himself is getting up 
and saddling his donkey. This would win him merits. This would win him brownie points to be successful. And therefore, Akadish Baruch Hu tells him, you got nothing. He went to his mailbox and it didn't say, you got mail. It says, you got nothing. One day they're going to end up in my basement, these people. Therefore, by making this reference and telling him and telling him that Avram Avinu already preceded you, we see again a reference how Avram and Abilam are being compared. Why did Bilam actually think that by showing God I really truly hate the Jews and I'm putting an extra effort in hating them that this would help him in any which way, form or fashion. In addition to this, let us understand who Bilam actually is. That this sinner is Mechalkelis Ashura. And at the end, Hashem turns over his klala to Brachas. It's not that his clothes were nullified, not that his curses became nullified, his curses actually turned into blessings. Bill himself was a master of black magic. And he came to actually come to talk against the Jews, to curse the Jews, to hurt the Jews. But his words get distorted 
but not just distorted Ill- illegibly in el- that you can't just understand what he's saying but even more so they turned into literal blessings Something that the Jewish nation uses as a prayer to start their morning every single day. The words of Bilam Harasha. Bil- Balak had tried now twice to bring Bilam to curse the Jews. And yet such an amazing blessing comes out of his mouth. Bolok took Bilam to Reisha Peir. Bilam hoped that maybe there he'll be able to curse the Jews. Mm-hmm. And he saw the Yidin, the way they were resting. Mm-hmm. The way they were settled. And Vatiolov Ruachalikim. And it came upon him the Spirit of God. What did Bilam see? That the Ruachalikim came upon him. That he got a Spirit of God from it. Rashi explains two things. First of all, he saw each Shavit, called Shavit, the Shavit, Sheikh and Latsmi Each Shavit, each tribe, Lives on its own. Nobody mixed with anybody else. So you don't. Another thing. Their tents were situated in such a way that the entranceways of one did not face the others, so nobody could see into the other ones. Two things he saw here. And this brought him to... Such a level. When he says this, he has in mind, this brings out from him, from within him, how amazed he was that the Jewish tents were not facing one another. Your dwellings are Yisrael. Each shavit was on its own, did not mix one with the other. This brought about the tremendous attribute of tznius, of modesty, of the Jewish nation. That the Eolim, the doors of their tents, were not facing one another. 
in order to watch on Sneas Mishpacha each family. And higher than that <coughs> was Mishkin Secho Yisrael. Every single Shavit kept their star Yichas, their pedigree. And what did this all tell them? The fact that they were B'nai Yisrael. And this gave them the strength to act like B'nai Yisrael in a humble and modest fashion. And they did not mix one with the other. And when Bilaam saw this, this blew his mind. So much so, he says, How, how, how can I possibly curse such a nation? And from there we learn, from all this we learn out, how great the unit of Tznius is, especially from the simplest thing, the doorways, should not be one facing the other. Even Bilam Arasha was spoiled from this, so much so that he pushed it, didn't want it, couldn't curse the Jews, he blessed them. <coughs> Don't say that a person only has to be careful, mainly in Sneas. Each and every Shevet rests on its own, doesn't mix in. Don't have, we're not forced to actually explain this. But we have to know, though, the prat, the intricate parts of how this affects our daily life. And it needs to turn. This affects our daily life in such a way that it turns over, God forbid, any clothes that a Jew has on them to a blessing. still have room for the Yetzirah though it comes and says always really maybe sometimes we can alter this every little nuance of Tzniyas has to be kept when they're in Ayol Lecha an Ayol is a tent a tent is a temporary dwelling so maybe Ayalecha refers to the bungalow colony. The summer dwellings. And there they find themselves only on a temporary situation in the summertime. And they want to think perhaps we can leave behind a little bit the Tznias. And the Rebbe was very, very adamant. And he said, this is Davke. Where we need to stress the Tznias. We need to be careful with this. And if we're careful with it, HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes all the negative energy and brings it to the ultimate height of Bracha until Mishkanei Secho. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu returns Mishkanei, which is based on Migdosh. And he comes down to the base, to Yishkin Laad, We need to talk about Yud Beis Tammuz. It's important.
He goes on and says, He goes on and says that the Navu of Dulam once again comes out in our parsha. And one of the things, one of the single places, the most important place that talks about the Yula Shleimah Yidei Mashiach Zikenu Melech Hamashiach. This is talking about how he opens up Lachin Yatzcha Ashiyasa Mazel Amcha Ba'achas Hayomim. How it will be advised that will happen to the Jewish nation in the last of the end of the days. And after it talks about At the end of the Rambam, the Rambam writes when he talks about Hilchas Melech Hamashiach. He talks about two Mashiachim, Mashiach Harishim David, Mashiach Yisrael Miyatzerem, David will save the Jews from the hand of their troubles. Mashiach Achrein, Shemad Mibonav that will stand from his children. And Mashiach Yisrael Miyad Ben Esav will save him from the hands of Ben Esav. And there he says, Areno Vuleata. This is the generation Ashereno. Not close. This is Melech HaMashiach. Tarach Kechim Yaakov is the day, is David. Komshevit Miyasel is Melech HaMashiach. Machas Pasei Meyav is David Vekarka B'nei Shtayim is Melech HaMashiach. And this, the Rebbe goes on at great length to explain the connection between the two, between Melech HaMashiach and David. And this is brought about Dafke from the Nevuah of Bilam and how Bilam's Brachas, Bilam's Clovis turn over entirely to Brachas. Yud Beis Tammuz. Two days of Yom Tov Yud Beis Yom Tov We do not say Tachnun. The Russian Jewry facing the Evesexia, which was a Jewish community, communist party, 1922 weeks before the Rebbe Rashab was in Stalik. During the Purim Fabrengen, three Russian officials who were agents at the time called the GPU, KVD, and KVD. They come with all different names because you never knew who they were that day. They didn't know who they were that day. They came in and saw Fabrengen. The Fidi Kirebbe, the son of the Rebbe Rashab, the Yitzchok and the Chassidim were petrified. These barbarians were shy to do anything, they were able to do anything. Anyone that didn't have the proper ID, according to law, gathering in itself is illegal. If they could understand what the Rebbe was talking about, it would even be worse. But they were staring, and as they were staring at the Rebbe, glowering at the Rebbe, the Rebbe continued and he encouraged the to sing, and he was put him, ignore them. 
their clipper, the sitra akhra. <coughs> and throughout the Fabrengen, the Rebbe kept telling people, ignore these chaladas that are here. It didn't take long. Friedrich Rebbe became the Rebbe after his father's Stalkus. And they were down his case now. And this instruction that you must prepare yourself to teach Yiddishkeit, Chassidishkeit, spread Chassidus and Yiddishkeit throughout Russia, even if it's against the wishes of certain officials, and even if it puts you in danger, this instruction the Friedrich Rebbe soon took to heed. It was Shachas. Friedrich was davening Shachas and they came in and they said, you're coming right now. They aimed to intimidate the new Lubavitcher Rebbe. They knew that the other Lubavitcher Rebbe they really couldn't get their hands on. They figured now maybe they can get at least the son, the new Lubavitcher Rebbe, and get him to back off from all his spreading of the propaganda of Judaism so they could spread the propaganda of communism. The Rebbe was arrested. Didn't take much of a trial. And the Rebbe was determined when he went into prison he was not going to give them kiyuza. He would not give them the, the slightest satisfaction to think that he's got forbid intimidated by their actions. And with this resolution, the Rebbe went into prison. And the Rebbe tells over the decree, literally, for the crime of spreading Judaism. What's going on now? The crime of spreading Judaism, they left. It was death. The death penalty. On Gimel Tammuz, this decree was turned, and the Rebbe was sentenced to slave hard labor, slave labor in Kastrama. And ultimately, this too gets overturned. The Rebbe tells that in order to, to intimidate him, what they thought they would intimidate him, they brought him down into a dank, dank cell. Hardly a window to the cell, but the window was blocked off by a wall. The Rebbe describes it to every last detail. The muddy floor. Nowhere to sit, no chair, nothing to lean on. The walls were crawling with vermin. The walls are crawling with, you name it. Anything you don't want in your kitchen, or bathroom, or any part of your house.
And the Rebbe says they left him there for the good part of 24 hours. They left him there to intimidate him. And ultimately, as they entered the Rebbe's cell, the Rebbe found himself a corner where to sit. They came in with the officials with some kind of announcement. And they told the Rebbe to stand up. We have an announcement. Now first of all, the Rebbe would not respond in Russian. The Rebbe only responded in Yiddish. There was one such, one of the, you have a sect that was there, and he translated for them. The Rebbe is not standing up for them. And the Rebbe said, you know, they, they, they told the Rebbe, if you're not going to stand up, you're going to get a beating. And you know what? They were talking Russians. They were lowlifes. But they weren't liars. They said they're giving a beating, and they gave him a beating. Mm. And that was it. You're not getting up? No. Okay, then you're not going to hear the announcement. This went the second day, and again a different group of people came in. And it was a another battle of wits. Mm. And again the Rebbe refused to stand up. And again, on the third day, when they finally took the Rebbe out, and they brought him into the office, and the Rebbe saw a paper, his file. Now the Rebbe, Friedrich Rebbe, never used this word. He never said death. He said, on the paper was the sentence that was supposed to be meted to him. There was a line across it, crossing it out. And it said, 10 years in Kastrama. Before that took place, they said, 3 years in Kastrama. It was Thursday. They told the Rebbe you can go home, spend some time with your family, to say goodbye. And then you must report to the train, and you must go. The Rebbe said, I will only go in first class. He mentioned a certain type of train, which is only aristocrats went. And they said, Who's paying? Rebbe said, when I was arrested, you confiscated for me my money. 
if that's not enough money, let me know and I'll let know the house to bring the rest of the money. But I won't go with anything else. Then they said, okay. So you go home now, and you come back in six hours. The Rebbe said, wait a minute. If I leave on this train, when do I arrive in Kastanama? They said, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos. You arrive there on Shabbos. Mm-hmm. He says, no way. I am not going to travel to end up on Shabbos. Realize what you're talking about here. You're talking about a person that was sentenced to death. He saw his death sentence on the paper, but he also saw it crossed off. Then sentenced to Kastrama for 10 years, and then saw it get taken down to 3 years. But not to be Shabbos, the Rebbe was ready to stand for his life, and he's not going to go. Which could very well anger the people. And they would turn around and say, you know what, we're going to go back to the first sentence and just put you to death. But they said, okay. They agreed. And it was agreed upon for Sunday to travel, and he would go home on Sunday and meet with his family. But prior even to going on the train, Baruch Hashem, the entire decree was annulled. And this was now Yud Beis Tammuz. Yud Beis Tammuz the time of Shabbos. And again, the Rebbe refused to leave prison on Shabbos. Not going to travel on Shabbos. Chancing that they would cast a shalom and tell him you're staying forever. But he said, Shabbos is Shabbos. And ultimately came out at Yud Gimel, and therefore, celebration of Yibayz Yud Gimel Tamas is a Yom Tov, which Chassidim wish each other good Yom Tov. And as we said before, the Fidi Gab wrote in his letter, anyone that Yishem Yisrael Yechuna that references himself as a Jew, it is a yomtiv for him. Because here the Rebbe stood up and broke the entire evil forces, the deepest level of the depth of their evilness. So it's this yomtiv, tonight, tomorrow, that we anticipate, as it was to the Geula, of the Friedrich Rebbe, and as the Friedrich Rebbe said, it's our Gula, our personal Gula, we will all be redeemed from our personal Goliaths, our, each and every one of us, our own Golas, and Mishkin Yisrael, Yisrael, as B'nai Yisrael, being together, one nation, and remembering that we are the children of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and therefore, we will merit the redemption of that Golas, that keeps us as a Jewish nation from doing and being where we need to be and what we need to do, and bring us all to Yerushalayim, Yerakedesh, with Melech HaMashiach tonight, and we will find ourselves listening this Shabbos to the blessings of Bilam, and we will be able to hear as Melech HaMashiach translates each and every one of the blessings. Shabbat Shalom to all.